Gratitude can mean a lot of things. It can be an emotion, a state of being, or a deed. It can be something you feel towards yourself, another person, or God. It can even be something you give or share to express your appreciation. Whatever the reason for your gratitude, the result always boils down to one thing, a happier and more satisfying life. Research indicates that being in a state of gratitude is one of the most effective ways to live a happier and more meaningful life. As Christians, we are called to do many things. Pray, love our neighbor, give of our finances, and the list goes on. And while most Christians likely agree that these are important aspects of a Christian life, many of us fall short at numerous times. We become so involved with our own desires and worldly obligations that finding time to invest in our spiritual lives often takes a back seat. The same is often true of our call to be grateful. Multiple times in the Bible, believers are reminded of the importance of being thankful and continually expressing our gratitude. In fact, the entire first chapter of the book of Romans goes through what happens when mankind became ungrateful. Yet, as a believer, living a life of gratitude is not easy. Like any spiritual discipline, it requires time, effort, and faithful practice. Without effort, feelings of gratitude are often fleeting, passing as quickly as they come. For example, I'm grateful to have a clean bill of health, but gripe as soon as a cold interferes with my busy life. I have a kitchen filled with food, but complain about cooking in a closet filled with clothes, but nothing to wear. Psychologists interested in moral development have spent a great deal of time trying to understand what the benefits of gratitude are and how to foster higher levels of gratitude in individuals. Coupled with scripture, this research offers some important insights and ideas into how we might more effectively employ practices of gratitude as a spiritual discipline. Research suggests that gratitude cannot simply be grouped with other emotions, like happiness or anger, because unlike other emotions, gratitude takes a conscious effort. This means that to be grateful we must first take the time to recognize that something has been done for our benefit. Living a life of gratitude is not easy. Like any discipline, it requires time, effort, and practice. This ability to recognize the kindness of others has earned gratitude the title of moral barometer. For example, Anxiety tells us when a threat is present. In the same way, when we feel that warm, fuzzy feeling, we know something relationally is happening. Gratitude helps detect acts of kindness and generosity and is an indicator that something good has taken place. 
is there a difference between experiencing that warm, fuzzy feeling from time to time and living a life of gratitude? Dr. Robert Emmons, professor of psychology at UC Davis, and one of the leading experts on gratitude psychology answers this question with a resounding yes. Feeling grateful is not the same as being a grateful person, he writes. A grateful person is one who regularly affirms the goodness in his or her life and recognizes that the sources of this goodness lie at least partially outside of themselves, end of quote. Emmons goes on to pinpoint four factors that determine one's disposition toward gratitude, frequency, intensity, span, and density. These are essentially used to describe how often we feel grateful, the degree or depth to which we feel grateful, the number of things for which we feel grateful at a particular time, and to how many people we feel grateful for a single positive event. Accordingly, those with a strong disposition feel more intensely grateful on a regular basis for multiple things toward multiple people. While being grateful for positive events or moments of good fortune seems simple, having a disposition toward gratitude, especially as it applies to believers, seems to suggest something more. A grateful heart is thankful for salvation and for God's blessings, but it is also able to be grateful in difficult circumstances. Take the Apostle Paul, who though persecuted and confined, produced some of the most inspired writing of the New Testament. Despite being imprisoned, Paul not only remained grateful, but encouraged others to be grateful as well. Writing in Philippians 4.16 the following, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Because of the grateful disposition he cultivated and his relationship with Christ, Paul could find reasons to be thankful even during his suffering. Not only is he thankful to God, but he also spends much of the first chapter in the book of Philippians expressing his gratitude for the Philippians, his fellow believers. He goes on to focus on the good in his plight. In verses 13 and 14 of chapter 1, he states, so that in all the praetorium and to all the rest, my bonds have become clearly revealed to be in Messiah. And most of the brothers in the Lord, having become confident in my bonds, more exceedingly dared to speak of 
the word fearlessly. Paul set an example for all believers. Through his writing, we learn that being truly grateful extends beyond convenience. Instead, as receivers of salvation and divine grace, we should strive to be grateful in all seasons of our lives. So this is the paradox of gratitude. While the evidence is clear that cultivating gratitude in our life and in our attitude to life makes us happier and healthier people, more attuned to the flow of blessings in our lives, it is still very difficult. Practicing gratitude is easier said than done, reports Dr. Emmons. Even when we can find reasons to be grateful to God, it is often more challenging to be appreciative of others. Dr. Oakes Muller identified one of the main challenges in this regard is anxiety. For some people, it is really a fear of intimacy, he explained. Gratitude involves me saying, I'm dependent on you, and that can be scary. And if it is not responded to in a compassionate way, it can leave you with a negative feeling. So, a lot of people do not do it because of the risk involved. End of quote. Even when we can find reasons to be grateful to God, it is often more challenging to be appreciative of others. In addition to anxiety, Kelsey Richardson conducted graduate research on gratitude at Fuller Theological Seminary and named pride as a major deterrent. I quote, You would think the opposite of gratitude is being ungrateful, but it is actually selfishness or self-conceit. When you believe you deserve the good things you receive, you do not feel the need to be grateful to others. End of quote. Along these lines, Dr. Emmons points out that gratitude can be difficult because it requires a new way of thinking. While we often credit ourselves for the good things in our lives and others for the bad, gratitude rejects this mentality by recognizing others as a part of our success. Emmons states, Gratitude also goes against our need to feel in control of our environment. Sometimes with gratitude, you just have to accept life as it is and be grateful for what you have. End of quote. While the presence of these potential obstacles may discourage some, research suggests that the return on investment is too abundant to ignore. In addition, to acting as a barometer, gratitude also serves as a reinforcer and motivator for moral actions. Dr. Michael McCullough, professor of psychology at Southern Methodist University, or SMU, and his colleagues 
expand on the nature of these qualities in a psychological bulletin article, Is Gratitude a Moral Effect? I quote from this article, when a beneficiary expresses gratitude either by saying thank you or providing some other acknowledgement or appreciation, the benefactor is reinforced for his or her benevolence. Thus, the benefactor becomes more likely to enact such benevolent behaviors in the future. End of quote. Or to put it simply, the reinforcement side of gratitude is much like receiving a gold star from your teacher. It essentially says, job well done. Gratitude also impacts us as recipients of kindness by motivating us to perform our own acts of kindness for others. When I recognize what I have and what I have been given, I want to give. As a motivator, gratitude creates a pay-it-forward mentality. It does not matter whether I give something back to the person who gave to me or to the world around me. It does not end with giving to one person, but emanates like ripples getting bigger and bigger, much like when we skip a stone across the water or you throw a rock into the water and the ripples come out, widening and widening their reach. The result? Research suggests that gratitude's reinforcement and motivation capabilities lead to an increased sense of self-worth. As givers of kindness, when our actions or gifts are met with expressions of gratitude, our personal worth is affirmed, making us likely to repeat the behavior in the future. As recipients of kindness, we feel that we are of value to our benefactor. As a result, we are likely to feel more loved and cared for and are thus likely to practice our own acts of generosity. As it relates to our motivation as believers, we consider God the ultimate benefactor, providing for us and granting mercy despite our undeserving of it. Because of this, and his great sacrifice, we conclude that we are of incredible worth in his eyes. Furthermore, we believe that we are to extend this grace onward by reaching out to others. Research also indicates that along with an increase in moral behavior, gratitude also boosts emotional and mental well-being and decreases antisocial tendencies. Gratitude makes you a better person, not just in the sense of doing nice things for other people, but it also carries with it joy. 
when I am more grateful, even though I am acknowledging that I am indebted to other people, life feels more like a gift. When life feels like a gift, I feel more engaged and rejoice in the little things around me. In this way, it can act as a helpful balance to irritation, anger, and frustration, explained Oaks Muller. Gratitude motivates us to perform our own acts of kindness for others. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 11 and 12, so that being enriched in everything, you may be continually beneficent to the glory of God by our thanksgiving. For the service rendered in this sacred gift not only helps to relieve the wants of God's people, but it is also rich in its results and awakens a chorus of thanksgiving to God. We can add that this mindset can keep people inhibited from committing destructive interpersonal behaviors and could possibly explain the low occurrence of depression among grateful people as gratitude forces acknowledgement of love, kindness, and compassion in the world. After all, does not Colossians 3.16 state, let the word of Messiah dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and exhorting yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs in your hearts, the gratitude, I love this, the gratitude is singing to the Lord. Additionally, Emmons discusses how gratitude can enhance our ability to feel pleasure by helping us appreciate things we might otherwise take for granted. Gratitude can also prolong feelings of contentment, allowing us to savor positive situations and maximize satisfaction. Researchers have found that gratitude provides positive physical benefits as well. Among these are improved sleeping habits, lower levels of stress, and less reported aches and pains, and less anxiousness. The benefits of gratitude, though many, are self-reported by study participants, are often observed by outside parties. Studies report that friends and family members notice changes in loved ones who continually practice gratitude such as being happier, more outgoing, more trustworthy, and overall, much more enjoyable to be around. Yes, the benefits are numerous. So what about people who aren't inherently grateful? 
Just as making devotions or prayer a standard part of life takes commitment and practice, a grateful heart tends to develop over time. Fortunately, it is widely agreed that gratitude can be learned and strengthened in several different ways. <clears throat> gratitude is a practiced behavior. So you must find ways of practicing it. You must do good often, so it becomes automated. Any new skill you want to learn takes practice to perfect. If you must, set an alarm every day to remind yourself to be grateful. Researchers have found that one of the most successful means of inspiring a grateful outlook on life is the practice of keeping a gratitude journal. By keeping a daily recording of events that prompt gratitude, we can reflect on the small things that might otherwise be overlooked. From receiving help from a coworker to meet a deadline, to grabbing a cup of coffee with an old friend, or just basking in the sunshine of a beautiful day. Recording things that can provoke gratitude can help us view life through a positive lens and reap numerous benefits in the process. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, in every circumstance of life, be thankful. For this is God's will in Messiah Jesus respecting you. In the article, Counting Blessings versus Burdens, in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, Dr. Emmons and McCullough discussed three studies that asked participants to keep a journal over a specified amount of time. Each study group was separated into three categories. One, documenting things for which participants were grateful. One, documenting occurrences considered hassles. And one, simply identifying events of impact or neutral situations. <clears throat> Researchers have found that one of the most successful means of inspiring a grateful outlook on life is the practice of keeping a gratitude journal. These studies found that those who kept the journal of gratitude experienced better overall well-being, including increased levels of happiness and optimism when compared to both the hassles and neutral groups. They also showed that those who kept gratitude journals reported better physical health, such as getting more sleep and feeling refreshed upon waking, making more of an effort to exercise and tend to their overall health, and experiencing less negative physical symptoms. Gratitude journals are a great help tool to being thankful in every circumstance of life. Keeping a gratitude journal not only provides several advantages, but does so rather quickly. Keeping a journal 
for as few as three weeks can cause notable differences that last six months or longer. In addition to becoming more aware of the things we have been given, articulating gratitude can be helpful as well. I would suggest to you that writing a letter of gratitude is a perfect example. Telling people you are grateful for them has real value. Did not the Apostle Paul write in Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, I thank my God every time I remember you. I always pray with joy in my every prayer for all of you. Gratitude letters help us to keep people we are thankful for and the actions they produce fresh in our thinking. We should continually be thanking them for their contributions and acts of benevolence over time. A letter is one of the biggest expressions of gratitude that you can give someone. It is clear to see that gratitude is good. Science has proven what God has been teaching us all along, said Richardson. This re research makes so much sense because it is what the Bible teaches us. Dr. Emmons perhaps sums it up best when he states, Gratitude's intrinsic function is to affirm the good in life. Embrace that good and then transform the good in purposeful actions to accomplish something that is at once meaningful to the self and of consequence to the world beyond the self. Affirming and embracing the good in life seems to be the simple and natural outcome of living gratefully. <coughs> especially when we stop to consider what God has done for us. Through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we find the ultimate demonstration of redemption and unconditional love and a humbling reason to present our thanks to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The true test of gratitude, then, seems to come in its last function, transforming the good into action. Thinking about gratitude is good, but it is even better if it causes you to go out and act because of it. The effects are greater when you are doing something about it. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 states, Let no one despise your youth, but become an example of the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Titus chapter 2, verses 7 and 8 states, And in all things make your own life a pattern of pure conduct, 
having in your teaching no taint of insincerity, but a serious tone. Let your words be sound and inoffensive, that those who are antagonistic may be ashamed and have nothing that is evil to say about us. We are thus reminded to set an example in everything we do, in our speech, our conduct, our faith, and arguably in our gratitude. By practicing gratitude, we do not just stand to gain the numerous benefits identified through research, but we also learn to identify the numerous ways God reveals himself in the intricacies of our lives. We learn to better appreciate his love, to better emulate his moral character, and perhaps most importantly, better understand our worth as recipients of his unyielding grace. Good day, and God bless. We want to thank you for listening to this week's Differing Things podcast. If you would like to get more information about the Bible, please check out our website, www.beacon-ministries.org. Do not forget to join us next week for a new Differing Things podcast.